The teacher Enoch Burke will spend Christmas in jail after refusing to give an undertaking that he will abide by an order of the High Court to stay away from Wilson's Hospital School. He was jailed for a second time on September 9th and between his two terms he has spent more than 200 days in prison. But now how long can somebody who has not been convicted of any crime be kept in jail? And how are the courts going to deal with Enoch Burke? if he continues to refuse to abide by their rulings. Well, to discuss this, we're joined from our Galway studio by Dunica O'Connell, Professor of Law at the University of Galway and a former member of the Law Reform Commission, which examined the area of contempt of court back in 2016. Uh, good afternoon, Professor O'Connell. Thank you for joining us. Um, en- Enoch Burke is in jail for, for contempt of court. There's no actual term uh, for how long he's going to stay in jail. He's he's there for failing to abide by a High Court ruling to stay away from Wilson's Hospital School. How long could he be kept in jail? Well, the terms of the order under which he's detained and in the breach of which, or for the breach of which he is detained is, is indefinite. But unusually for a prisoner, he holds the key to his own prison cell. So were he to purge his contempt at any stage and agree to be bound by the order that led to his detention, he would be released. And that has been stated very clearly. And even last Christmas, when he was released from detention during the Christmas holiday period, when it wouldn't actually have been possible for him to breach the the order because the school was on holiday, the judge releasing him indicated that his release from detention was actually indefinite. Uh, but that didn't that didn't work, and he was uh, sent back into prison in in September of of this year. But he he is refusing to to purge his contempt. So in a circumstance like that, if he continues to refuse to purge his contempt, um, do, does there come a point for the courts where uh, they they might say it's no longer reasonable or fair? Uh, to keep a person in prison who hasn't committed any crime, who's not violent, who's not a threat to society at large. Yeah, I mean, there's there's absolutely a problem of, as a matter of principle, there's a problem with indefinitely detaining someone who has not been convicted of any crime. Just as a matter of principle, that is a problem. And then from a practical point of view, you know, and we see this really clearly in the Enoch Burke case, there are, you are handing an advantage to a willful prisoner who's seeking martyrdom, uh, it's costly. And this was pointed out very clearly by Mr Justice Brian O'Moore last year. And at a certain point in time, and I think this is what you're hinting at in your your question, it amplifies the ineffectiveness of a court order when someone doesn't comply. So there really is a problem with indefinite detention for civil contempt. And in other jurisdictions, you know, they have put an upper limit on that uh, two years in the United Kingdom. And that is something that should probably be be considered in any reforms of contempt law in this jurisdiction. And, and as you know, uh, because you were a member of the Law Reform Commission which looked at this uh, in a paper in 2016, you said um, that the purpose of imprisonment for civil contempt is not punitive, but it is to be coercive, to coerce or to compel a person to comply with a court order. If it becomes clear to the courts that, uh, in Enoch Burke's case, that he's not going to comply with the order of the court, does that change anything? Does that mean that imprisonment should then not be deployed, uh, deployed because um, because it's, it ceases being coercive? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's certainly a reasonable observation. And I think it also 
uh, becomes, in a sense, it becomes self-defeating if you continue indefinite detention to the point at which the contaminar is actually achieving what he set out to achieve. But it's really important to understand that these cases are, are actually very rare. It's much more common that the courts use criminal contempt where somebody is showing contempt in the face of the court or something like that, disrupting court proceedings. And it is a valid, it is a valid thing for the court system to have contempt of court jurisdiction. Uh, that's recognised everywhere. And the existence of contempt jurisdiction also, in a sense, protects the authority and the, the effectiveness of the court and allows for the management of court business, which I think cannot be disregarded either. Uh, I suppose based on what's happened before, one, one could assume that if Enoch Burke were, were to be released um, from prison, that he would return to Wilson's Hospital School. Is there any other way of, uh, other than depriving somebody of their liberty, is there any other way uh, for the courts uh, to, to, to deal with somebody who refuses to comply with their order? Oh yeah, I mean the use of fines and fines have been used in this case and they weren't effective. You can sequester assets, you can attach earnings. Uh, for criminal contempt, the use of suspended sentences is something that's done elsewhere. Uh, something that perhaps hasn't been uh, examined to a great extent is the possibility of using non-custodial sentences or community service orders or whatever. But the key thing, I think, is to have some upper limit on custodial sentences. And this raises the really important question of reform. You know, when I was on the Law Reform Commission, we did an issues paper or a consultation paper in 2016. That was to lead to a report. And normally, Law Reform Commission reports have attached to them draft bills, which are of huge assistance to government in changing the law. But the Law Reform Commission in 1994 also considered this issue and issued a set of recommendations based on what was done in other places and nothing was done to implement that. And I understand that the project, which was from the fourth programme of law reform, on contempt of court is now paused because it has been combined with another project on third party funding, Mm. which is, I think, regrettable because this is an area of law reform which simply must be dealt with. And it must be dealt with in a context in which we have definitely seen an uptick in contempt of court problems, very much arising from mortgage disputes and people who are are really struggling in that regard, sometimes against very significant players like banks and lending institutions. And one of the things that is particularly valuable right now is the president of the current Law Reform Commission is a great champion of access to justice, but he's also reviewing uh, the legal aid provisions in Ireland and access to justice more generally. And in that context, I think it would be invaluable to have a Law Reform Commission report on contempt of court, but also to have a report from the Clark Committee on Access to Justice and Legal Aid that also looked at this issue, that is there some connection, some causal link between disruption in court and problems that lead to contempt of court issues. And this is entirely separate from the Enoch Burke type case and the lack of appropriate and comprehensive legal assistance. Donica O'Connell, a Professor of Law at University of Galway, thank you for joining us today. After the break, a backlash in Israel over the shooting dead of Israeli hostages.